welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talk to Helen Stombos and Mike F. Jean, who are the President, CEO, and Chief Marketing Officer, respectively, of The Good Games. There's been a lot of focus on sports recently, and I've tried to make it a focus of this podcast in the last year to varying degrees. Coming out of the pandemic, the future of sports and recreation has been top of mind because we were all encouraged to get outdoors during the lockdowns. It was the safest and in some cases only way to interact with other people. And so many of us picked up that challenge. And even in these non-lockdown times, we're still jonesing for those outdoor experiences. Which brings us back to the good games. Can Guelph be a sports destination in these sporty times? That is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Originally called the Guelph Games, the good games were all set to go for their inaugural events with athletes coming in from all over Canada and around the world to help launch it. That start date was the summer of 2020, and I don't know if you remember, but something happened that spring that changed everyone's life forever. The first good games were delayed by two years thanks to COVID-19, and the first games last summer were a bit smaller than expected, but they definitely made an impression. The good games arrive as the city of Guelph is reviewing the Parks and Recreation Master Plan, as the city is also reviewing the development of tourism and placemaking strategies, and as the leaders of various sporting groups in Guelph are now organizing as an activist body called the Guelph Sports Council. Those political issues are a bit out of the scope of the good games, but you can't say that it doesn't play into the consideration of those issues either. But that's not to say that the organizers of the good games aren't ambitious, if you ask them. The goal is to create a unique sporting event, one that attracts people of all ages and skill levels and creates a friendly atmosphere of competition that can also include families and sports enthusiasts. They also want the games to be big, and not just Guelph big. But big in terms of amateur sport, they want to put the good games on the calendar for any athlete anywhere that wants to test their abilities against any other athlete, and they might have the team to make that happen. Helen Stombos is a former World Cup soccer player and a member of Canada's Soccer Hall of Fame and a lifelong Guelphite. Mike Avjean is the chief strategist of Sew and Grow Communications with 17 years of marketing experience, and together... They join us for this episode of the Guelph Politicast as we talk about the origin of the good games, how the games evolved through the pandemic, and whether the anticipation for outdoor activities might have helped the games get bigger, even if there was no pandemic. We will also talk about how the games hope to appeal to even the non-sporty, like myself, what the good games can tell us about the appeal of Guelph in terms of sports tourism, and whether or not they're concerned that Guelph is capable of growing with the games, especially in regards to hotel space. And finally, we will discuss how the various events were chosen, how you might be able to get involved and volunteer as we count down to game day, and what Stombos and Jean are looking forward to when it comes to this year's games. So I caught up with Helen Stombos and Mike F. Jean last week via Zoom. Okay, so I'm now being joined by Helen Stombos. Hello, Helen. Hello, hello. And we're also being joined by Mike Jean. Hello, Mike. Hello. Great to be here. 
Great. So why don't we just start off and Helen, you can kick us off yeah. uh, by just talking about the origin of the good games and, and how this came to be um, this, which is we're now in the second annual good games. Yeah. I'm, I assume you're hoping to make this uh, three, four, five, ten. Yeah. So, uh, but in terms of getting started, how did we get started? Sure. That's the plan. I, the plan is to continue to run this uh, annually we, we kind of came up with the idea, gosh, I would say uh, seven or eight years ago at this point, um, we we were talking to, I can't even remember, I think it was the president of the chamber. And at the time they were like, we need to bring a sporting event to, to Guelph. And I guess they'd done a consultation where they found out that there was a, a need for sporting, for tourism in Guelph. So we started kind of milling over some ideas. I was in the sports world for many, many years, obviously. Um, that was kind of my background. So we started coming up with a few ideas as to what we could come up with and what we could run here. And uh, knowing the University of Guelph facilities and what they had there and how many different venues they have there, it made a lot of sense for us to look at doing something as a multi-sport games. One of my uh, my friends and, and one of my business partners, he is actually a, he ran the America's Masters Games in Vancouver. Oh, yeah. so he was like, Guelph is the perfect place to run a Masters event. And so we actually all met together and I'm, I'm talking seven, eight years ago, at least mm. and we started talking about doing this event and, and uh, city was behind it. The university of Guelph was excited um, to work with us on it. And that's kind of how it all started and, you know, set to launch in 2020, which did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and back in 2019, 2020, when we were, you know, kind of gearing up for the games in 2020, uh, we were, and uh, Michael say, we were on fire. We had mm -hmm. we had teams coming from all over the world. We had a um, soccer team coming from San Diego. Uh, we had teams coming from uh, Europe, from Portugal, uh, from the UK. Uh, it was crazy. We Japan. were, yeah, we had, we, had, mm -hmm. we had a lot of hype behind us. And then COVID kind of took a little steam out of us, uh, <laughs> as it did for many people. And so we kind of started up last year. We did a modified event last year at Exhibition Park. We just wanted to give people a taste of what it is because I think a lot of people don't really understand what a multi-sport games is. Mm -hmm. And part of our idea is to have not only the multi-sport games where there's athletes and sport participation, but there's actually a big, huge Olympic festival that is for the athletes, but it's also for anybody that wants to come and enjoy the festival. And the festival is has everything, you know, uh, inflatables, food trucks, uh, beer gardens, uh, and this year we're putting a beach a volleyball court right in the middle of the festival, which is kind of a really cool thing that we're doing. And, and that'll be a unique aspect of it. So, yeah, this is our first year kind of really doing the full event. And uh, hopefully it'll last many, many, many more years. Mike, I'm going to test your promotional skills. Um, for anyone who goes on the Good Games webpage, there's... Uh, a description for what uh, the good games are. And there's also a description of master sport. Um, and so I'm not sporty. So I'm the perfect test case. I want you to, to talk about how these two organizations intersect. Sure. Sure. And, and it might even get a, a bit broader as we, um, as we grow and expand, but you know, the good games really are a celebration of sport. You know, it, they really come about because, you know, Helen is a former, um, former professional athlete. You know, I'm a former, you know, uh, uh, high school and, and collegiate athlete, and you still have that drive and you still want to be able to compete and you still have that, that uh, you know, that fire in your belly. But there really aren't many, many opportunities for you to, uh, as an adult, for you to, I mean, there are some rec leagues and those kinds of things, but they, they'll seem a little bit uh, far removed. So we wanted to mm -hmm. be able to create something 
where non-professional athletes, rec league athletes, former collegiate athletes, former uh, high school athletes former had something from right had something to look forward to, right? And and, uh, and almost bring it down to almost an Olympic level. So these are like the Olympics for quote unquote non-professional or regular people, people who are, are now civilians, you know, from the, <laughs> their, their old professional days. So, you know, the master's athlete was, uh, I mean, we, we uh, currently it's a 30 plus, you know, mm -hmm. we may look at in, in subsequent years to reducing that because what we really wanted to do is we wanted to lower the barrier from university to adulthood. Mm. You know, you play in university, then life happens, right? You get your first job, you start having babies and then you get out of shape and then your back hurts and then, you know, all those good things. And if you're lucky enough, you, you know, you have a few good buddies and you play on a court and, you know, you, you get together once in a while. And we just wanted to step that up a notch. You know, we always wanted it to be about fun, not just about competition. Um, mm -hmm. I love to compete, but I also love to have fun. It's not so serious. I'm not here just for the medals. I'm here to have a good time. But again, that fire in the belly, I want to win. And then after that, I want to have a good beer with my friends. Yeah. You know, we really did create this um, in in a way that we were like, what would we as former athletes want to experience? And what would we as somebody even coming to this event want to experience, whether you're even coming to just um, be part of the festival? And li literally, we just sat down and was like, what would what would we want? Like, we're exactly the target audience. We're the people that we want to attract. And we basically created an event that we thought, you know, it's it's a it's a great competition but it's a great place to go with your friends and your teammates and have a drink or enjoy some festivities after. And then on the flip side, it's also great for the community because the community can come out and enjoy this massive festival that's put on for everyone and anyone can attend and it's free, uh, free parking, free to attend, free bike ballet, everything, everything you would want. And, and the whole festival is free for anyone, which is awesome. That's kind of what we wanted. We wanted this to be an experience. Mm hmm. So there are six different events. Um, I guess I have the website over here. I can click on it and read the different <laughs> sports. So there's basketball, beach volleyball, pickleball, uh, slow pitch, and a 5K and a 10K trial run, plus something here called athletics. Uh, I thought the whole thing was athletic. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah. But um, <laughs> can you talk? Yeah, athletics is the, the proper term, term for track and field. Okay. Perfect. That's what I that's what I gathered. Um, but Helen, can you talk a bit about how these are the six sports that are are, are the six the, the six different events that are being held for this games? Um, well, I think we kind of looked at what um, the uptake was like last year, where we had uh, a lot of requests for what sports people wanted to participate in, and we just listened to the feedback. And we kind of came up with this list. Um, at the top of it, uh, believe it or not, pickleball is the the hot one, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was based on demand and where we saw it, things would fit and how everything fit in at the university. Uh, you know, that, that those sports might change next year. You know, we're, we're planning to expand every year. So whether we include new sports, I know we're talking about doing a, um, a Frisbee golf uh, competition next year mm -hmm. uh, and maybe a ball hockey competition. So I mean, the nice thing about the University of Guelph is we can expand the sports to be so many things because there's so many venues there. Uh, but we did it based on where we thought the uptake would be and, and where we heard the feedback of what people wanted. And, and, um, and you know, again, we'll, we'll, after this year's event, we'll probably regroup and see where, where, where people wanted competition for next year and what we might change. 
Yeah. And, you know, we really wanted to introduce people to even some fringe sports, yeah. right? Mm. So whether it's, I, I'll call it fringe, even though it's a globally a very big sport, but something like cricket, right? You, mm-hmm. may, not, you may not be familiar with it, but then you, you might see it played, you know, at the games in a tournament and then might want to pick that up. And same thing with the, with the disc golf. You know, our goal is to really get people, uh, you know, good in the good game stands for get out, outdo. You know, so we want people to get out, literally get outside or even get out of your comfort zone. And uh, you're really only in competition with yourself because this is fun. So outdo yourself. And when, what Mike's talking about with disc golf is at the actual festival, we have a lot of different sports people can try. Um, mm. so disc golf, this year, disc golf's going to be there. There's going to be some golf chipping competitions. Um, you know, there might be some rugby and some cricket. So we're just trying to introduce people to different sports. I think that's the really cool thing about our event that's really unique and different than a lot of uh, events out there. It's very experiential. Um, so you're not just coming to um, sit and observe. Uh, we want people to come to our festival, especially, and and and, and be participate in it. There's going to be, you know, a pickleball court up. There'll be a badminton court, a volleyball court. There'll be lots of different sporting kind of uh, fun competitions we'll be running. And so we just want people to come and experience. And that last year, that was what we, when we were at Exhibition Park, I thought the cool thing we saw was everybody was participating. And we, we didn't, it's what we wanted. We just mm. didn't know what happened, and and nobody was on their phones. Like we literally saw people just picking up balls or ladder tossing or cornhole or whatever it was, and they and three legged races or whatever it was. Everybody was so uh, into it and having so much fun, and that's kind of why our event is a little bit unique and different. It, you know, there's still entertainment. There's still lots to just be entertained with, um, but it is very much experiential. Go out there, come to the event, and. Try out whatever you want to try at your own leisure. Have fun and just experience different, unique uh, sporting environment. Sporting. I, sorry, go ahead. Okay, I, I just say I think that that's really our was our main goal. So for this being a celebration of sport, and it sounds like an old person thing to say that you know no one was on their phones, but it was just an observation that everyone was having fun. People weren't even recording themselves having mm. fun. They were just having fun. They were out of breath they were laughing they were jumping they were running and absolutely this is it this is this is what we were we were we were trying to do trying to accomplish felt great and and that's what i wanted to to sort of direct to you mike helen talked about this was planned for the summer of 2020 and (laughs) things happened um and, and I imagine, I mean, there are a lot of different events and uh, not just, you know, sort of athletic events or sporting events, but, you know, from music festivals and, and other things that are trying to build back and get that audience back. What it seems like is in the case of the pandemic, it created this kind of renaissance for outdoor activity and getting outside and, and engaging in recreation and finding new different forms of recreation. So I'm going to phrase this as delicately as possible. Um <laughs> Did the pandemic help the good games? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, we look at, I mean, we are pushing as hard as we're pushing because we see what year one was supposed to be. Mm. And, uh, even now, so in year one, which is 2020, uh, I used to always say it felt like we were starting in year three. There was mm. so much momentum globally. You know, people were excited, people for, for, for the concept. Um, and now, now it feels like we're, you know, I don't even feel like we're really at year one because we're not back to where we were, you know, uh, uh, we are not taking off where we left off. Right. Um, and I think that, that we are in a post pandemic, you know, reality. Uh, some people stopped playing. There were even a time where we would deal with a lot of, uh, leagues, rec leagues, 
And there were rec leagues who, when we were dealing with them in 2020, had 72 teams who now have 38 teams. You know, like it just, things have changed. And I think it'll take a little bit of time for us to kind of get back and get that engine revving again. But I do agree that, uh, you know, there are a, a segment of the population that want to get outside, that are tired of sitting in the house, you know, doing nothing, that want to run, that want to be active, that want to go on hikes, that want to, you know, try a, their hand at a 5K. So, um, you know, some ways, yes, some ways, no, but uh, mostly, no, it did not help. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is interesting that um, to hear that, although it's certainly successful, um, you, you were actually set back. I mean, th- think new events like this are sort of like super successful in their first year, just as a matter of like getting people used to it and yes. getting people to try new things. But I want to talk about th- this aspect of the games we were talking about because one of the things uh for me i'm one of my personal sort of explorations of doing this podcast and doing stuff on golf politico this year has been trying to get into that more sporty mindset like i was i was dissuaded from sports uh in high school like all the kids i hated in high school were into sports so obviously i avoided (laughs) sports (laughs) but this in, in so much as like this is inviting people who were sporty in high school and co- and university and college to sort of come back into it there there is a concerted effort here to invite those who aren't sporty to say you there is opportunity here 100 I, I probably should have clarified because that's our also our audience so right. if you if you were just a wallflower in high school and in university and you watched now is the opportunity for you to get into sports so you watched and you said you know what I should have did track in, in university. I never did because of whatever. Mm. And uh, now, now there's the opportunity. Now get back into it and 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 have fun. Yeah. It's um, it, it's all about having fun. So, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, that's the that's the important part. I think we want to make sure that um, people know it. You know, as much as it it, it ranges so much because people have asked us, especially on like the trail run, they're like, "Oh my God, is this super serious mm. or is this recreational?" And it we ran the gamut. Like last year, mm-hmm. we had some very serious trail runners. Then we had some people that walked the whole course and just yeah. were happy to be a part of the event. And and guess what? Everyone cheered, you know, for as the walkers, you know, came around the corner, the last ones to come. They had the biggest welcome. It like melt your heart. The the camaraderie, <laughs> the the sportsmanship. It was just it was all the things that are to me like right with the world. You know that you know you gave you get out outdo you outdid yourself. You did your best and you cheered them on, and it yeah. was great. And they had a great time. And, yeah. and I, that's, I mean, I always, um, I always kind of um, explain people how I think it's feeling. And, mm. and I always say I, how I want people to feel. Mm. And I think the feeling uh, that we got last year and it's what we wanted was people to just come and say, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. You know, I competed, I had a great time and I can't wait to come back next year. So we just want people to just come and have fun and, and all at all kind of uh, levels. Uh, the one thing we will point out, though, our, our one competition, the beach volleyball, we have a beach volleyball competition mm. in the in the games this year, and uh, they are some pretty darn good players. I would say people are going to want to come watch the beach volleyball because we have ex and current Olympians, pro, pro pros, yeah. uh, national team members, uh, champions. Our men's twos and women's twos are going to be some of the best competition, and that's going to happen right in the middle of the festival so people can just come to the festival so we do have some you know really high end and that but then we have fours and sixes volleyball where you can come and you know be part of the games and experience it and and maybe you're not at that level but you still want to come experience so we we really are trying to make this an experience for as many uh, levels as possible 
Mm-hmm. Helen, how big can can this get? Like how like when when you when you see the games in your imagination, sure. what does this look like? Sure, uh, easy. Um, we're right when we started doing this, um, we were modeling it after a game in the in the states called the Huntsman Games, and we've been down mm-hmm. twice and we've met with their team and to see kind of how they've grown their sport. And they started back in, I mean, like you say, everything takes time, you know, year one, year two. Uh, it's just getting people to understand who we are and what we're doing. Cause a lot of people don't even know what a multi-sport games are. Mm. Uh, they started in 1980 something, 85, maybe with 280 athletes and they annually get 11 to 12,000 athletes and it grows every year. So that's, that's who we're modeling it after. So the plan is to keep growing this, to keep increasing the amount of teams and the amount of sports so that we get to that, you know, 10, 11,000. And this is marked on everybody's calendar that they know that weekend in July is the weekend that, you know, they lock off and they know they're coming to these games and, uh, and eventually we'll expand days because when you get that many teams and that many sports, you you kind of have to start expanding. I think the Huntsman games is now two weeks long. Mm. Um, So, you know, it, it is literally, that's the vision is that we would grow this. The Huntsman games are over 55 we're not over 55, we're over 30. So, um, you know, a bit of a different age group, but still catering to that master's athlete. And it's a really, really big movement around the world. Uh, but it's like you mentioned, it's about educating people on what this is, you know, what we're building. Cause a lot, it's, it's not, it's not very well known to people. And so that's part of kind of our marketing right now, just trying to get people to understand what we're building. And I think once they see, especially the university, because it's going to be exactly kind of how we want it. Um, they'll really see what it's like from an athlete perspective. I'll tell you, I've been to multi-sport games and I, um, you know, I've experienced the Olympics and I was in Vancouver for the America's masters games. There's never been a master's games that has every sport and the festival in one, one area. It's never been done before. So, um, what makes this really cool for, from an athlete perspective is that I'm playing and I can go watch a pickleball game and I can go watch a slow pitch game or, you know, a track and field uh, match. Uh, but, and also from the community's perspective, everything's in one area. Mm. So if they even just want to come to the festival, which is right in the middle. You can come to the festival and just experience that. Or if you want to go watch a pickleball game, you can walk into the event center and watch a game, or you can go watch a basketball game, or you can go watch slow pitch. So I feel like it's kind of the best of all worlds. And and like I said, it's it's never, ever been done like this before. Not that I know of. I've never seen a venue that has sports and a festival all contained in one area. In Vancouver, I drove an hour to go from beach volleyball to soccer. That's how far venues were. Wow. And then the festival was downtown Vancouver. So anywhere you wanted to go, it was just you had to make that effort to to drive. Whereas now here, you you come, you park your you know your car and i'm one of those massive parking lots and you can walk the whole area and do whatever you want so that's a really unique aspect of this these games i would be remiss to say that guelph transit if you're local also goes to uh the university of guelph with several routes um i i, I say that as guelph's acknowledged transit guy or one of them anyway but uh, mike you had something to add yeah i mean that's that's a lot to say about the sport competition but as as we're growing this we want it to be more than just the event itself you know we really want to be directly responsible for the uptake of you know recreational sports by adults across north america we want to be responsible for that we want to foster that and um you know one of the things that that uh, the pandemic was good for is that you know to to not lose the steam that we had kind of uh, uh, generated and gathered we we were able to make some connections you know Mm. we we were able to partner with canada sport hall of fame 
we were able to meet a lot of people that are going to allow us to uh, to make that a reality, to, to really get our name on the, the national stage first and the international stage. After that, we're really, we're, we are on a mission. We want to be the Olympics for uh, recreational sports globally. Now, we do have international athletes coming. We do. We have Nigerian athletes. We have uh, somebody coming from Alaska, somebody mm. from uh, Michigan, Ohio. So we do have, we have some international flair this year, which is really fun. Yeah, which was great from last year. Last year, we were very local. We were mostly Ontario. You know, the flights were all kind of messed up. And uh, <laughs> we're really looking forward to that, that international feel coming back again. And, um, and and being again being globally recognized and, and you know into going past these games into 2024 there's going to be a heavy heavy focus on on uh, uh, making a, a global a global presence. Yeah, I seem to remember some news about the madness at the airports last summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, I'm going to again tap into your marketing expertise because. Um, I don't want to get political, but this is the Guelph Politicast, and you know there is there, there is there is. Um, I think a trend happening in in Guelph right now about seeing how big we can get with sports tourism. You talked about that being one of sort of the initial drivers of this. What are the possibilities for this being sports being a tourism draw in Guelph? You know, from from your point of view, how big can this get? This this I mean, how how big can you imagine? I mean, it, it, I remember being in meetings, you know, um, you know, with the city and saying, you know, what would it what would it be worth to the city? Um, to have 12,000 people, you know, uh, descend onto the city for, you know, a 10 days or two weeks time. Um, that's something that can happen. We've, our, we've proved our model before we ever even launched. Um, you know, we've had people from all over the world wanting to come here. Guelph is actually very, very well situated um, to host something like this um, physically, right? Mm. The, from the university to the fields, um, you Airports. know, the, the, the geography, um, not you were an hour ish, less than an hour from the airport, um, and then the, the airport in Kitchener, Waterloo. So right. we can be a, a very big destination. The the concept works. Um, you know, we have to get you know uh, uh, past our COVID flu and um, you know and and the remnants and get people back. You know, um, back active again and and not paying so much for groceries so that they can afford <laughs> to pay. You know, for our uh, um, our, our fees, but. I think I think we can. This is a proven concept. It can work. It will work if we have the support, and that's it. And if we don't have the support, we'll still do it on our own. Yeah. It might take us, a, you know, a year or two uh, longer. But this this is a proven concept. It will work. And, and like the one thing that Mike didn't mention there was um, from a from a tourism perspective, last year eighty seven percent of our athletes were from outside forty kilometers of Guelph. Okay. And I can tell you this year of the 140, 150 pickleballers that have signed up, one hundred and thirty are from outside of the 40 kilometer region. Wow. So, um, so we, like Mike says, our, it's been proven. We can actually show you data now that says, Hey, this we've shown, this is now a tourist. We've made this a tourist destination and, and that'll just continue to grow as, you know, we keep showing people what we're doing what we're building and how unique this is. I think we'll get a lot of attention uh, growing outside of even that 40 kilometer region. But on the practical side too, and, and I'm sure you, you guys are aware of this, you know, we're seeing, our local hotels sort of lay down one at a time and become something else, usually student residences, but uh, you know, that's not the only thing they're, they're becoming. And um, does, I, I guess the question is you guys have sponsors and you know, you're working within the community, you're working with the university um, is the infrastructure there. Um, 
like I, I guess is is does the community understand like how big you're thinking and and what like the horizon looks like in terms of you know in in terms of like what supports are needed you know can can we meet that demand uh no okay no. <laughs> i mean i mean in simple terms it's not it's not a slight on anyone it's just looking at you know what is available right and like you said we only have a handful of hotels um and that number is shrinking not growing you know we would hope that you know you know someone would um, uh, or the people in charge would see the light and be able to help foster that. You know, on on our end, you know, partnering with the with the university being such a good partner, you know, we can house thousands of people. You know, mm. at the university um, with the housing there. Um, there, in, in growing this, you know, there there are talks of you know what would it look like? You know, would we would we have to partner with uh, Kitchener and Waterloo to have events? You know, there. So um, there are some solutions, but we we are not set up right now um in guelph. in guelph no we're not set up we, we don't have the rooms we don't have the, the, the space available but the um, university is a definitely yeah. and that's something we're discussing with them for next year is using their housing to mm. accommodate athletes and making it like an athlete's village exactly um, so right she create like an actual athlete's village so the athlete and again that's another thing that would be very very unique for a, anything like this i've been to olympic games like i said there's <laughs> nothing like this where you're actually staying Wait where you're playing, where where the festival is. So I mean, that's where you know we definitely have a lot of potential with the university and what what they have there. I mean, I think they house what thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand people come in every year to the university, so they they've got lots of housing there that we can take advantage of. Of course, we'd love more hotel infrastructure. Um, sometimes people just like staying at hotels. Yeah, but even that from dorm rooms to uh, you know to the townhouses. There's there's a decent amount of space to, to see us at least the next couple of years. And then, um, you know, and then who knows, just opportunity. And we really hope that, you know, us um, doing what we do would give other people the idea to, to do it, which would then kind of maybe even give uh, the city a little bit more incentive to say, okay, you know what, we can uh, we can be a destination. You know, wealth currently isn't a destination. No one comes to wealth for anything specific, other than school, you know, obviously, and, and, and work. But from a, a tourism persp perspective, there's no, we're not Niagara Falls, you know, there's right. nothing to necessarily come see here. Uh, so we, we want to help change that, at least from the sports perspective. And I mean, in the city's own research bears that out, people when people come to Guelph, they come for a reason, not just because they they point they they spin the globe around and <laughs> or their finger lands on it. <laughs> yeah. So as we're we're kind of entering the last couple of weeks before the games, um, Helen, what's you know what's on the to do list? What does that look like? What are you working on as as we're counting down here? Uh, everything and anything. <laughs> I have boxes everywhere in my house. I have medals, t-shirts, everything you can think of. It's just, uh, you know, it's always a mad rush to the finish line. It always is, no matter how prepared you are. Uh, but, you know, we had a great site visit today at the university. We had another one yesterday. And uh, now it's really, um, you know, uh, aside from the sports competitions, it's really about educating the, the community on what we're doing and getting them out. Like, we really want them to come to the University of Guelph um, and get them out there to experience everything we're putting on. We've even got a 175 foot uh, inflatable obstacle course we're putting up. That's mm. pretty, uh, it's going to be a pretty amazing spectacle. And and for us at this point, moving forward, our focus is community and letting Guelph know, hey, we're here, come out. You know, we want you there for the whole weekend. It's free to attend and it'll be an experience like you've never had before. And especially for those who who might you know be upset that there's no real big Canada Day celebration, it says you know one one weekend later 
and uh, you know we've got their back. You know, we you, you can come and it'll be lots of fun, lots of celebration, food trucks, beer tents, um, and lots of uh, activities, DJs, face painting, lots of things for the kids, uh, lots of things for families, date nights, dance party on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, you know, so there's we, we've we've worked really hard to make sure that people are entertained and mm -hmm. and and really all they really need to bring is uh, you know a picnic blanket and some sandwiches and they don't really have to pay for anything. Mm -hmm. um, enjoy the, uh, the the festival. So, uh, but there'll be some great food trucks, like ten plus food trucks. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to bring a little pocket change. So. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Although a lot of those food trucks do have, uh, they do take the debit. They they have that That's ability. Right. Yeah. Um, in terms of things like help you're wanting from the community, I, I get, awareness is a big piece of that. But is there anything else specifically you're looking for help on in these last few weeks? Volunteers, anything like that? Yes, we, we absolutely need more volunteers. Um, we have less volunteers than last year, so we, we could definitely use some volunteers um, and just support, you know, support, come and, and, and hang out Do you to bring your body. And let us know that you know that that what we're doing was the right thing. You know, we we were we didn't have to make it free for the community. It was an idea that we had. Um, mm. said, Wouldn't it be cool? I mean, I've, I I well, I don't have young kids anymore. My kids are teenagers now. But I remember <laughs> if I leave the house with my kids, it's a hundred dollars every time I leave the house. And I said, you know, what could we do to allow a family to just get up, have a place to go, and entertain themselves all day from morning till night, tucker the kids out, and uh, and not cost you a, a penny if you didn't want it to. And um, and we we worked hard to get sponsors. Yeah, our, our sponsors yeah. have really allowed us to do that. Um, it was it was a proven concept last year. It's happening again this year. Ideally, it would continue forever. Um, the community comes and gets entertained for free, and um, you know, uh, just come and, and support. And, and and you know, if you like it, let the city know how much you like yeah. it. You know, right. and uh, so we we can get more support from the city and uh, and maybe a few more hotels built. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up by asking each of you what you're personally looking forward to at, at the good games. Uh, so, Helen, why don't you start? What What's the, I don't know, one or two things that you're really looking forward sure. to? I think, um, it, you know, I'll, I'll refer to last year because it's it reminds me last year. I remember I remember the first day when the festival kind of kicked off and people were coming and I was like, Oh my God, they're coming. <laughs> and then I, I think the big thing for me was watching all the sports competitions kicking off and actually happening with everything running and just watching that actually play out. Um, it was very emotional last year to see it because, you know, when you've had this concept for so many years and you've been literally working so hard, anybody that's run an event will know this is not an easy task and it's not for the faint of heart for, by any means. Um, it's a lot of work, uh, a lot of grunt work. We put in 16-hour days every day just trying to make this happen. And I think just once you actually can look and see the sports, for me to see the sports playing and people showing up to watch and be at part of the festival, I actually sometimes think about it and I get teary-eyed, like I get emotional because it, it's that, um, it's just been that much, it's, that close to our heart and it's been a lot of work that it's it'll feel nice to see it actually come to fruition mm -hmm. mike yeah i think for me it's um it's the joy like watching as corny as it sounds as fake as it might sound like when you're there and you see the joy in people um it the, again it was so emotional and you're like to, to think you know we did this like yeah. we created this yeah. And we created this much joy. Like no one's, there were no fights, no arguments, no. And not only that, 
when we talk about, you know, there are all these words that are always thrown around, inclusivity and, you know, togetherness and, you know, uh, no barriers. Like we were watching literal, the word community come together. We were watching old people play with young people. We were watching all, all uh, um, uh, walks of the economic, you know, ladder together, you know, uh, uh, like laughing, challenging each other. You know, we watched a, a, a husband and wife um, um, uh, a three-legged race, knocking down kids. kids. <laughs> you know, the kids. But it was it was all in fine. You know, and I said that this is what we were. This is what we created. And to to go back to the example of the of the walker uh, at the trail race, that the last person coming through, and the cheers, the cheering from the, the 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 runners themselves for that person. I just think, like for me, that's that's what you do it for. Like that's that feeling. I would say I, I would want that. I'm like. Is this how Oprah feels or Beyonce? <laughs> then, I, then I would, you know, I would do it all day, every day. You know, it's funny. Um, I, when I saw the first registration come through, uh, and I had a track and field athlete that was in their seventies that registered, I told my sister, and I was crying because I just thought, oh my god, like that's what it's for. Like we created this for everybody to come and have an opportunity to be a part of it, and and just seeing that, you know, you you're getting people coming and they're enjoying it. It's a, um, yeah, it's a pretty amazing feeling. That's what I'm looking forward to. And then when it's over sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, as you said, everyone who's ever done an event like this knows the last few weeks are the hardest. So oh, uh, I, I appreciate the both of you taking time out to talk to me today. So uh, Hel Helen Stumbos and uh, Mike Jean, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck with uh, the rest of the planning and good luck with this year's festival. It sounds like fun. Thank you. Thanks. Hope to see you there. And once again, that was Helen Stombos and Mike F. Jean. The Good Games will take place on Saturday, July the 8th and Sunday, July the 9th at the University of Guelph. And to learn more about the events and activities and how you can get involved, go to the website at thegood.games. That is T-H-E-G-O-O-D dot games. You can also follow The Good Games on Facebook and Twitter at GetOutOutDo or on Instagram at TheGood.Games. And that's it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram or send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And finally, for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then...